Welcome to the Ruby Hour, a podcast produced by our company, Ruby Riot Creatives. We specialize in video production and content marketing, and we're based in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm Shelby Ring. And I'm Madeline Rager. This podcast is devoted to interviewing extraordinary people doing extraordinary things and nuggets of wisdom that they've learned along their journey. Also, just want to give you a heads up, uh, we have potty mouths and we're talking about inappropriate things. Thank you so much for joining us for another session of the Ruby Hour, where we feature extraordinary people doing extraordinary things and uh, the journey that got them to where they are today. And I have a very special guest with me, uh, Mark Foyle Jr. Um, Mark, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having um, me. We, uh, I got to tell you about Mark. Okay, Mark has like changed my life because all of the years that I've been doing videography and filming events after every event. I mean, anybody working in the wedding industry, and if you've been listening to this podcast, you'll hear how many of the planners have been like, I come home walking like a cripple, like at the end of a big, long work day. So I chose to set my routine up of any time we had back-to-back weddings, I made sure that I had a massage scheduled out within like a 48-hour window to keep me sane and to remind myself that I'm worth having that self-care. And I stumbled across Mark's path, and Mark has been like a guru in my world of um, really holding space for me through all kinds of transitions in my life and I've learned so much from working with you and um, yeah the level of self-care and energetic work that I have felt so much release um, in my world from coming and seeing you and booking sessions with you so I am so pleased to have Mark um, on today and be able to dive into his journey so Mark, how did you get started um, in your journey of being a licensed massage therapist? Well, the story actually dates back to about 10 years before I became a licensed therapist. Uh, it was quite an accident. My father fell from a deer stand while on a hunting trip and luckily came to about five hours later after being unconscious by himself in the woods. And being the robust and very stubborn man he always was, sought no medical treatment whatsoever for it and, you know, returned right back to the work schedule and the very next business day and just didn't slow down until his body told him he had to. And that's when he approached the very unlikely person, myself, as an 18, sorry, eight-year-old boy, and he had a proposition for me. He said, hey, how would you like to stay up a little bit later tonight? Maybe watch a little more TV, and what eight-year-old boy really doesn't. And all you gotta do is beat up on your dad. It's like, <laughs> okay, that sounds like a pretty good deal. You yeah. beat up on my superhero dad, okay. and you know, all my instructions were to find the lumps and beat them until they were gone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's a very atypical start in body work and, and massage therapy. And I had no idea that's what I was getting myself into. But over the years, it morphed from beating up on dad to running toy cards over his back and making sure that he had uh, you know, much relief from what he was complaining of. And ultimately I didn't watch the TV that I was there for. I got more engrossed in what I was doing and that was kind of a bonding experience for dad and myself. Mm -hmm. uh, after a couple of years he kind of got back into the swing of things and what was a two to three times a week type of experience with him with that 
turn into more like every now and then, like once a month type things. And I didn't even think anything of it. It was just like, okay, that time's done. And then I got into sports as a recreational soccer player and baseball and got into high school sports and found that my teammates also had some similar problems. And I was like, what? I know how to help with that. I can fix that. Just let me see what I can do. And it morphed and went from beating up on dad to working on a teammate's back. Uh, and then later on working in restaurants, I became the most popular guy at the restaurant. Oh my gosh, I bet. I de-stressed by helping other people out. And it wow. was something that would wind me down and mm. reel me in. I could become as scatterbrained and overstressed as anyone else would, but put my hands on someone else's shoulder or back and it was gone. Mm. So it's kind of like a win-win. You know, yeah. someone gets a back rub and I de-stress myself and can continue on with my day. So it's been a very interesting road. Again, that was 10 years before I finally went to massage school and had no idea that I was able to do that as a career path. Mm. And when I finally did, it was something that I wasn't financially prepared for, but I had an incredible circumstance that allowed for me to, to front the money to pay for all of my schooling mm. without uh, a single hesitation. Uh, actually, I actually had a passing grandmother who left me some money, and mm. my mother uh, was not supposed to tell me about it until I was turning 21. I was 18 at the time, so I had three more years. And after talking with her for weeks about this endeavor, she came to me and said, Mark, you told me the cost of tuition, and I want you to know, she left you $75 more than that tuition. What? And my books cost $75. What? So she had oh no doubt that this is what I was supposed to be doing with it. Wow. And the stipulations were also, it had to be something important. No yeah. frivolously spending it on a car, buying a new computer, taking a trip. It had to be something worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And she had no doubt in that moment that that's what it was supposed to be for. Wow. So at 18 years old, I started massage therapy school. And by 19, I graduated. And now I've had a really long career that's extended from that and that's going on 19 years now wow that is so crazy and i feel like that's so synergetic we we had somebody that we featured on the podcast recently that like the synchronicities that were lining up in, in her life are were like so insane so i'm like oh my gosh this is like is it not it's round two of like another crazy like the synchronicities um through your life. That is beautiful, even down to the $75 left over, which was exactly how much your books cost. That's right. Wow. So, <clears throat> okay. So, I've worked with you for years, and I, it's so funny because, like, if anybody, I feel like people that are used to having any type of self-care, someone that they partner with, mm -hmm. it's like you get territorial of like you trust, you're establishing trust with mm -hmm. who you're partnering with, um, you know, and I feel like, yeah, there's so many, there's such a, um, 
Yeah, like you get comfortable trusting like, okay, um, like I obviously I love deep tissue massage. So mm-hmm. to have that level of experience of knowing like, okay, like this level of tension, um, understanding that I'm safe with you mm-hmm. and that I know, um, yeah, there's a level of trust um, there. So one of the things I feel like you're really talented in is like, I feel like you have a special gift of um, really intuitively like knowing like the level of tension and yeah can you speak to what has been your journey of were you always somebody I mean Mm -hmm. and for those of you that aren't exactly understanding what I mean it's like they'll be moments where if there's like a spot on my back where I'm like oh but I'm not even making sound he'll be like oh like that that's probably really intense my eye just twitched you know so like you're such an um an empath with absorbing or acknowledging people's Mm -hmm. energy what's been your experience with that well across the spectrum from the very beginning um when you know just beating up on dad became monotonous i wanted to try to figure out what things felt like that i myself would appreciate so I've always envisioned, like, what am I doing and what's it causing the other person to experience? Mm-hmm. So, as you mentioned, empath- empathetically, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, I do get a lot from the massage work that I do offer to others. So I, too, will start cringing and uh, start getting that twinge of referred pain in the back of my head when someone's you know, shoulder <laughs> knot is getting a little bit too intense. Yeah. So uh, it's... It's kind of a, a two-way street. So I, I like to say that I can see very well with my fingertips yeah. and that the visual input can oftentimes be more overstimulating than anything else. Mm. Not that I don't take visual cues because people do move or twitch or t- tense up. I feel like I can see that more clearly through my hands and even through my elbows in some instances, uh, oftentimes in yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, by... Being open to accept that communication, even though it's not verbal, it's something that I think has been learned over, through lots of experience, and something that I like to uh, to offer to people in a sense that I'm listening, even though you're not saying something. Yeah. And I want you to tell me what you're feeling. Oftentimes, the words just aren't there, mm-hmm. and your body's going to speak up for you. Yeah. Uh, so that's. Again, it's been a process. I couldn't tell you there was one moment or one time in my life that said, all right, this is how you do it. Yeah. It was something that was learned. And from lots and lots of experiences and lessons that I've been involved in. So in the schooling and different certifications I've obtained over the years, it's just something I've honed with a lot of practice. Yeah. 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 Definitely lots of practice. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Because they say it takes, what, 10,000 hours to become truly an expert at something. And I think of just the sheer volume of the last few months, the capacity that, like, you know, how many people, how many hours you spend Mm -hmm. in the practice of massage therapy. And, yeah, that's truly a honed skill that you definitely carry. Um, Walk me through, you know, I I find that, um, you know, and even in our last session, I... I move and feel so much, um, it's like the craziest form of self-care for me working with um, deep tissue massage or, or massage therapy in that 
like when there's certain pinpoints of stress, mm-hmm. I rather than seizing up or maybe being like, oh, I don't want to embrace that. Mm-hmm. Like when I tune into that breath, I often find um, it takes me to set like arguments or mm-hmm. tense situations. I know, um, you know, last year when I fell down the stairs um, and I came right. in and I was like, uh, I fell down the stairs. I don't know how my back is. I'm nervous. And mm-hmm. the energy around it, you know, I, I'll never forget how you were like, well, like you, um, you know, I was explaining the tension felt like I was going through a breakup, the mm-hmm. level of like sadness that was coming up from experiencing like moving some of that energy and, mm-hmm. and you were like, well, you were bracing um, and protecting your heart and it's kind of a similar behavior of the space I hit was right by my heart. So mm-hmm. it would make sense that it feels like a breakup, quite literally the emotional side of that. So what is your experience or can you speak to a little like, why does that happen for some people, you know, like myself where you know, you're, you're brought through specific traumas or mm-hmm. frustrations in your life oh, that might have happened weeks ago, but mm-hmm. the moment that someone is, you know, digging it out, like, you know, using thumbs or elbows, like, what is that? Why does that happen? Okay. Well, very similar to, like, the scent of cookies making you hungry or your favorite song might take you back to a year in high school or even before middle school and elementary school, just a different time of your life. Mm-hmm. Your muscles, just like the rest of your body, can store memory associations. Mm-hmm. So an experience on the physical nature, whether it's through muscle or bone, ligaments, or even through your visceral, you know, your intestinal tract, it's really dependent on certain circumstances. So that sudden drop that you feel when you have that heartbreak, that really centers in, you know, right around your solar plexus, the base of your diaphragm tightens up, everything just draws in. So very similarly, when you had that blunt force trauma where you dropped to almost your tailbone, slid down the stairs, fell down and just stopped, you know, everything else tensed up just like that, and then you got up to try to walk away from it and it didn't go away. Yeah. So that brings back a lot of memories, a lot of emotions. And very similarly, it can be held in hands, neck, shoulder, even your earlobes for one strange reason or another, whether it's hiding from the fight in the next room under a headset, that pressure on your neck and shoulders can really hold in a lot of emotions. And that's when people don't realize they're getting an additional energetic benefit from the body work they're receiving. Yeah. Uh, So as much as the muscle tension's there, and I can feel and adjust that manually and consciously, I don't know what that emotional, I'll say, uh, load is actually being held by the person. Yeah. And part of that listening, that empathy that I try to offer, really makes sure that whatever it is, however it manifests or comes out, I'm going to accept it. Whether it was a just emotional release from an incredibly tiring week or a trauma from the mm-hmm. past years and years ago, mm-hmm. it's going to come out one way or another. And if it's yeah. in my presence, it's going to be a safe place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I've so experienced that um, just you know through all of the sessions that we've had together. Um, what about, um, like, I always wonder, you know, because part of, like, our role whenever we film is, you know, mm-hmm. we're, like, bearing witness um, and taking in and holding space for people, especially, like, in interview settings or testimonial settings. So, um, you know, being in an empathetic 
supportive role with people as well. What works for you when you go home at the end of the day and you are like helping people process mm-hmm. their inner demons like through their, mm-hmm. you know, muscular, you know, just through their bodies? How do you care for yourself or detach mm-hmm. from all of those vibes? Well, that is a learned trait. I will have to admit, I did suffer from what they call uh, emotional uh, shielding deficit. And energy can be transferred from one person to the next just by walking into the room. Um, You may have heard of energy vampires who can suck the life out of a room just Mm -hmm. by walking through it or next to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as a bodywork professional, it's something that we have to really truly consciously protect ourselves from. And I didn't always do a good job with that. And you can't take your work home with you. You're supposed to have that sacred space to return to. And as much as us entrepreneurs really try to separate work life, it's not always possible. Um, So one of the things that I've really learned to do and had to very, very much focus on a lot in my travels through this career is letting the doorstep of my office be like a field, like one of those um, those fans that you go through a department store that keeps yeah. bugs out. It yeah. just washes over you, and it's like mm. a car wash just for me mentally. And in my mind, it's not necessarily actually what I was doing, but sure. in my mind, I see that as just kind of a quick wash. Just that going through that portal mm. helps me leave everything that happened there, mm. and I don't take it with me. I celebrate in all the uh, circumstances that come through there. Now, if it's an emotional release or an incredible gain of range of motion or an incredible relief of pain, I take that with me. Mm. The celebration of the successes, those I carry with me. Because that's what I want to share, like just that positive energy with the rest of the world. But everything else, that's private. And if it's heavy and very weighted, then I let it just go out with the dirty linens. Mm. It's it's literally balled up and washed away. Whoa. That's such a great, like to have a physical manifestation Mm -hmm. of like, all right, like massage table, here's all the sheets and all the trouble. Out with dirty laundry. Wow, that's (laughs) awesome. Dang, I'm like, can we like throw like sheets on some of our like (laughs) hard clients to work with? Like out with the laundry. Let's try that next Mm -hmm. time and see how that. No, that's um, that's so powerful to have like those um, visual or you know, yeah, those tactical reminders Mm -hmm. of unplug, disconnect. Um, What um, what did it look like for you when you weren't so great at um, for people that are like, wait, what? I could like be in a stressful conversation and leave it and I'm projecting mm-hmm. on my husband and I don't know why. So like bust out for me. What, um, yeah. What does it look like? Uh, if someone finds themselves picking up on energy mm-hmm. subconsciously, um, what does that look and feel like? Well, uh, on the recipient side of it, it's the little things becoming really big deals. So like you mentioned with like a significant other getting upset with you, over the fork being in the wrong place in the dishwasher. Yeah. It's not because the fork was in the wrong place. It's because something elsewhere in life has really ch- triggered a particular uh, fondness to order. And that disarray, that chaotic mm-hmm. moment in their most recent or possibly distant past has triggered them to be upset by that small thing which acts as that last straw on the camel's back. Mm-hmm. And it comes out through... 
an outlashing of someone they're closest to. And that's something that it's really difficult to really come to terms with because the people you're closest to are the most likely recipients of your backlash. Oh, yeah. And it's not always the most glamorous things. Like, you bring your work home if you're working a desk job, and you might have some paperwork to fill out, and you can push it aside and walk away from it. But energetically, you have to be able to really focus your intention to get it away and get yourself cleansed of that. So when it comes home with me, I find myself less energized. And people have always asked, like, Mark, it's an incredibly demanding job. You're doing deep tissue work. And I've done days long as 12 and a half hours of deep tissue work. And it's, yes, it's a physical job. Mm -hmm. But if you have the lifestyle balance, you know, the work-life balance outside of work, you do what you have to do in the session to protect yourself energetically and are able to cleanse yourself of anything that might want to to latch on to you, then it's all very manageable. And it's as simple as, in my experience, changing clothes Mm -hmm. after work. Whether it's a uniform or maybe even just work attire where it's a little bit more professional than you like to be comfortable with. That's a physical manifestation of shedding the worries and the stress of the day. Mm-hmm. And washing hands, as important as it is in any medical field, mm-hmm. is something that I, I've turned into a ritual for me because I have to wash away whatever I've picked up. Yeah. And especially the parts of me that have been in direct contact, yep. those are more likely to absorb any kind of negativity. And by physically having something, not necessarily that it does physically wash energy off, but the act of it, the intention, yep. helps push it away from me. Yeah. So, yeah, hope that answered your question. Yes, that's so powerful. Because uh, even, yeah, I mean, back in my days of being in ministry and going to ministry school, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, the, the concept of laying on of hands. Mm-hmm. There was a big belief in the circle that I was in of like that, um, that transferred energy, mm-hmm. quite literally. And whether it was healing or what have you. And um, yeah, there... It is such a, the fact that you're in a line of work where it's like, you're not only just like, oh, like, we're going to like vaguely hold hands, but you're like actually going to epicenters of like, maybe where people are holding trauma or challenge mm-hmm. and they didn't recognize it, but it's in their, um, you know, in their subconscious body, if that's a correct way of defining it. And yeah, to be able to like see that gesture of like letting the water like rinse away some of that mm-hmm. energy. And I think that you you know, hit it on the head with um, the intention behind mm-hmm. that, being conscious of, I'm not just washing my hands because I ate pizza. It's like you're washing off um, quite literally like an energetic charge and setting that, um, yeah, that energy to clear. You're absolutely right. Do you have any experiences with like, um, like what's your thoughts on like the ghosts in the spirit world, anything like that? Like, do you have any unusual mm-hmm. or feel like you have any insight with any of that because you are you deal in like energy I do oh no um I I am too on a much smaller extent um I hmm there have been some instances when I've been able to unknowingly draw out memories of people and am 
wait, and personally waited during a session. Like I'm working on a hand and wrist of somebody, you know, ending or coming to the, the conclusion of their set their session, and a question comes along. It's like, have you talked to your grandmother recently? Or something along the lines of, I don't know why, but have we ever talked about you know, your great aunt for some reason? And it doesn't happen often, like in my long career, maybe five times. Mm. And it's never the same thing twice, or even the same person twice. Mm -hmm. But uh, in those instances, uh, it's had mixed results. And some people clam up and shut down and are not willing to accept that moment for whatever it is. Sure. Um, and I don't press. It's not my job. Yeah. But those who have welcomed it have you know, presented multiple reaction types. Some have teared up and burst into te and just burst out and crying and had had a hard time accepting the passing of a loved one. Mm -hmm. And maybe it had been years or even in the last month or so, but they felt like they didn't have closure and it just started a conversation where they were able to discuss openly. And I say discuss, it's more like they got to talk. And I was just there to listen. And they were able to convey their emotions and feelings, if not to me, but through me. And mm -hmm. I don't believe that I'm like a medium or anything. It's like I'm definitely not sought out by anyone supernaturally or otherwise to, to get in contact with anyone. But I feel like it has come up in my experience. Mm. Um, I've had a couple of experiences where at the end of a session, uh, it feels like we both have traveled. Um, it's that ethereal plane, so to speak, where I'm not really sure where the last 25 minutes went, <laughs> but I was just holding on to the base of their, their head. Wow. Um, sitting behind them, cupping the, their uh, occipital ridge, and uh, you know, finally, kind of, it feels like kind of coming to, but I don't feel I've lost any consciousness or, or you know, lost really true track of time, but I feel like we've been on a journey, mm. and that's a little bit out there for most people. Uh, so it's not something that I can say I can do every time. It's not something I offer. Yeah. When it, when it, when it happens, it's something that is unique to the person who's in the room with me. Mm -hmm. And not everyone's receptive to that. And that's part of the communication and the empathy, again, just kind of bringing it full circle. It's like not everyone wants to hear about the energy work that goes into to massage and body work. Yeah. It's innate. It happens regardless if you're asking for it or not. Yeah. There are yeah. those who yeah. focus on that and you know, lay a lot of claims to that work. And mm -hmm. that's good. That's, that's their specialty and, and it's their path. It's not mine. Mm -hmm. It happens very, uh, I guess, fluidly. Mm -hmm. And when it happens, it's more often than not very beneficial on both parts, you know, the recipient and myself. And if it's something that's being reached through me, then great. I'm glad to be a, a messenger or a conduit of that. But that's all I am. It's the co conduit for this life's energy. Yeah. That's so cool. I feel like, I just feel like massage and yeah, I mean, I, I have my background with some yoga and the journey that got me there was moving, recognizing the way I was holding trauma in my body 
and finding movement being so supportive of uh, processing. But that's um, that's so cool. Of I can just only imagine how that would naturally come across your path because of the capacity that you hold for people to have their experience and like you're saying you're like it's not you know you're just using these techniques and having that intention set forth what is your um you know we've discussed this a little of like your like big picture vision of um you know what is the dream uh client to work with or the type of clients that you love getting to partner with them in their healthcare process in their goals um Talk to, like, what is that um, kind of person? Well, uh, it's a very broad spectrum, actually. It can be narrowed down to a particular type of person, but there's no physical description of that person. Yeah. It's more of a willingness to journey within themselves and accept things that they don't necessarily already have in mind. Um, I'm not going to take anyone out of their comfort zone. But I will guide them through some discomfortable travels, or sorry, uncomfortable uh, means, whether it's uh, working therapeutically to help loosen up scar tissue, or just encouraging them to break out of their everyday habits that have contributed Mm. to their condition. Uh I'm definitely not a life coach, but I've been accused of being a personal therapist outside of massage therapy. Yeah. But I like to get to the root of the situation. Like, what brought you in here in the first place? You just wanted to relax? Well, what's got you stressed out? Is there some way we can manage that better? It's like, is it work? Is it family? Is it a lack of one or the other? Or an overabundant demand mm. from one or the other? Mm. Um, it's, is it just the waiter sitting and holding the phone? And we are in a very technologically driven society right now. The culture has us like this. Oh, yeah, the the phone screen, the constant 45-degree neck bend. And if it's not just down, it's also to the side. Or we prop ourselves up in weird positions to get comfortable in the the evenings. And Netflix has become a lifestyle. (laughs) So it's... uh, if it's as simple as that, and I like to pick apart the, the symptoms and figure out what the actual cause is. And the person that I would see as an ideal candidate for my services is someone who's willing to communicate openly and be willing to have that rapport, whether it's, whether it's a, hey, do you do this? No? Okay. Well, let's figure out what else it is. So I'm not going to answer life's questions and mysteries uh, for people, but I'll take that journey with them. Yeah. Uh, so I know a lot of people like working with athletes, people like working with like uh, construction workers, or people who are more physically demanding in their lifestyle. Others like working with you know, the elderly and the geriatric or I mean, oncological population, those who are terminally ill. Mm. There are even those who like specialize in animals. Uh, the equine massage is a, is a big business, working with horses, and there's even pet therapies for cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all open to me, and I'm, I'm not prejudiced against any of it, but that one common denominator, a willingness to, to communicate you know, and have that open line of communication, is really all I ask for. And if, if there's a closed-minded nature to any person, that can be an obstacle, but oftentimes it's something that can be overcome through a rapport built over time. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that it's funny, you know, you're like, I've been accused of being a life coach and, you know, <laughs> beyond, uh, you know, being in massage. But, 
It is so true. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been like where we're working through something and you're working on my back or whatever and it triggers, you know, sadness or I have something happening or I've had medical diagnosis where I have put it under a rug so I didn't want to acknowledge it and I've been so busy with work. But, you know, it's like our body, it's all with us at any moment. But, yeah, the level of... Um, I mean, I don't know man, how many times I've been like sobbing on the massage table at, during one of our sessions where I was having a release that, mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't created the space in my life to process. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that is, um, I think I, I could only imagine that the difference in someone coming in, it's like, well, I want, you know, the, the headspace of, you know, oh, just like, I want to feel good versus like, mm-hmm. I'm seeking a specific uh, outcome mm-hmm. or I'm, I'm wanting to feel more ease and I want to decompress. Like mm-hmm. there's such a difference in the intention that maybe someone brings to, right. to the table, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> of, you know, just that, um, yeah, what people's, um, yeah, the intention behind it. That's so mm-hmm. powerful. And that's how I've tried, tried to design my, my treatment style is that, uh, whether it's deep tissue work, if you're looking for more therapeutic and very acute problem-solving work or general relaxation, I want to tailor my sessions with the person to accommodate all of those needs, but in a manner they're receptive to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, deep tissue might be physically recommended for someone with tight muscles, but if they're going to be guarded and trying to protect themselves the entire time, whether the work does the job or not, they're not going to relax and be a welcoming recipient. Yeah. So the calm, relaxing, and more luxurious styles of Swedish massage and other types of very calming techniques, they all have their necessary times. Um, And I I like to do them. They have their times in place. And combining them with the deep tissue and shiatsu and trigger point works and some of these incredibly uh, therapeutic decompressions and stretchings that really helps mm. open people uh, physically but it gets that emotion that's deeply embedded as well uh, again that's not a goal that's just a nice uh, release that's accompanied or encompassed in the work itself yeah so I want to go back around because you said there's the different niches and there's um, animal massage therapists yeah. and uh I believe you had an interesting experience with doing some physical therapy with a very special patient. Will you go into your experience of what um, helped you with coming to Charleston? Yes. Uh, so back in 2013, I found myself transitioning to uh, the area. And during my time where I was questionably making the move, I was actually commuting about 100 miles one way, uh, not too far from Columbia, uh, but it's quite the drive. And I found myself working in the Somerville area, uh, what I thought was going to be very short term, and just biding my time to find work closer to home at that time. And uh, a coworker came to me and asked me a question that I really wasn't prepared for. Uh, <laughs> I uh, thought it was a joke, and when she said, Mark, have you ever massaged the turtle? I waited. I was like, this sounds like a really weird punchline I should be bracing for. So she looked at me blankly, and I finally said, no, I, I have not massaged turtle before. Uh, why would you ask that? And she quite you know, 
honestly, just looked at me and said, well, so with your background, you know, in you know, physical therapy and personal training and massage for so long, I think you'd be a really good fit to come help out one of these patients. And I'm still befuddled by the, the entire conversation at this point. I'm like, well, please explain. So she goes on to tell me that she's a volunteer coordinator at the South Carolina Aquarium, and they had a new patient that had been brought in off of the Jersey coast down for treatment. And this loggerhead sea turtle had been uh, stranded and was in need of help. Back two flippers were paralyzed and atrophied. There was an extreme curvature of the shell, much like a human back's lordosis, that forward bend. And it seemed to be compressing the nerves for the back two limbs. So I went through the five and a half week background check and screening process oh to be a volunteer at Secret the Secret service for turtles. Yeah. And then they stuck me in the basement for nine months uh, where I had weekly visits and physical therapy and massage therapy treatments for Jersey, the sea turtle, who ultimately uh, found a forever home out at the Birch Aquarium after having a quite miraculous, at least one-sided recovery, uh, gaining over 300% muscle mass in the right rear flipper and mobility that was not once there and, you know, just fully recovered, you know, at least nutritionally. And, you know, now that turtle has flown more than I have (laughs) all the way out to California and from New York. Oh my gosh. So yeah, it was a very eye-opening experience because I did not have any experience with animals. It was not something I was mentally prepared for, but at the opportunity, like, how do you say no to something like that? It's like, do I want to do this? Yes. So I would pay to do this. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. Will it get me into like the best jobs in the world? No, but it's a good table talk conversation. So, I mean, would you say... Was your patient, was she, was it a she or he? I didn't know for the longest time. It was not until three months after our last session that I found out Jersey was a girl. All right. So what was uh, Jersey, <laughs> was she very open-minded to your treatments? Uh, uh, well, as most people know who deal with animals, every animal has some personality. Jersey was quite the diva. Um, True to her name. Right. She just does not like being up at 630 in the morning. And uh, I don't like it either. Yeah. And being pulled from the water, let alone pulled from her bed, doesn't make any turtle happy. But that was the time that worked out for everyone's schedule where I wasn't interfering with the other biologists working there. And I could fit it into my schedule too. But we did develop a rapport, and she became very, I guess, uh, participatory. So she would, you know, come to the side of the tank. She recognized me at some point, what? which was interesting. Yeah, you know, to, you know, to build a relationship with a, a reptile of any kind is kind of strange Winning. in my mind. Yes, but yeah, when yes. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So, uh, and you know, she had her moments where she take her vengeance on me for you pulling me out of the bed where you're going to be wet before you leave today. So she definitely retaliated in that regard. Would she splash? Oh, absolutely. And it's not like something that was like, oh, it's an accident. She's just trying to swim away. It's like, no, it's like very purposeful. You can tell like, oh, it's you again. 
just out of my way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so be gone. So be like, ah, yes. Exactly. Okay, so where did she get massaged? Like, is she in the tank? Like, what was the setting that you were able to actually do some physical therapy with her? Well, with the help of one of the interns, I had to pull Jersey out of her tank. How much do they weigh? How much does Jersey weigh? She has an adolescent and about 19 years old, was only 75 pounds. Oh my gosh! I didn't realize she was that heavy. Oh yeah, my gosh. So it, she she's pretty massive for a young lady of her nature. Okay. Uh, but because. Yeah, little they don't actually present any external gender wow. uh, characteristics until they exceed adolescence. So they estimated she was around 19 years old. And without doing any kind of blood test to confirm yeah. gender, there was going to be no external markers for another three to five years. Whoa. So it wasn't until she found her forever home that we found a gender reveal party was thrown for her oh at my her gosh. new home. That's so cute. And I was very excited to hear that later on. Uh, but we had to pull her out and put her on a, a gurney of sorts, okay. like in a stretcher uh, using the medical field. Oh my gosh, a little turtle stretcher. <laughs> yeah. And so with the help of the uh, other marine biologists there um, who were just trying to peacefully distract her, uh, I actually had to work on her, her right rear flipper yeah. and trigger point therapies, um, contract relax uh, exercises, yeah. a lot of distraction and cross fiber friction, documented like you would in any other medical field. and. Um, it was, yeah, it was very surreal. And wow. It was something that I was really grateful to experience and learn so much about the aquarium itself as well as turtles and just confirmed what I had previously known that you know, reptiles, they heal a lot slower than the rest of us warm-blooded creatures. So what would have taken maybe you at three or four weeks of regular treatments it took nine months to get the wow. the results. Because they're cold-blooded. Right. They don't heal quite as fast. Wow. And their slower metabolisms and mm. their uh, and circulation, circulation doesn't quite meet the needs of a fast recovery. So it was definitely drawn out, but it was necessary. And otherwise, they, they didn't predict that she would have survived on her own. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, my God. But it was, it was great. I, I've never worked with an animal that extensively before. And so you had set weekly massages with her? Every Thursday morning. At 6.30? I was there by 6.30, and it was officially scheduled by 7, but okay. sometimes took that half hour to get the equipment set up and her out of the, the tank. So you're, the rest of your clients are like, hey, could you do, you know, what about like, um, you know, you're like Thursday mornings and then you're like, oh, I got this one cold blooded lady. She's <laughs> yeah. super cranky. Such no. a diva. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, very, very needy and demanding. That is too <laughs> funny. What a, an experience. Oh my gosh. Well, we definitely have to add that picture that you've shown me of you with her yes. and how cute that is that she's like working and everything. We need to have that in the slow, in the show notes to absolutely show jersey girl oh my <laughs> gosh um so uh, i guess my final question for you of being someone that's in the self-care world mm -hmm. and um you know that's something that you are doing day in day out what is your favorite version of self-care for you how do you like to unwind I really enjoy just getting back out into nature. So hiking or running, whether it's through a park, even across the Ravenel Bridge here in town, uh, that is a little bit of an escape from the hustle and bustle of city life. I love Charleston, and I love everything it has to offer. 
but sometimes we are over inundated with technology and distractions and all sorts of things. So hitting the trails for even 30 minutes just to kind of get a walk through a park, uh, preferably a couple of days and just you know, backpack in and backpack out would be preferred. Uh, and just staying active. I love being physically capable. So I'm not a workout enthusiast and hardcore gym goer, but I like to stay active. And whether it's working myself with others, training other people, or just training myself, uh, just try to keep on the move. And that physical exertion helps me maintain my sanity as well as my, my body so I can keep doing what I'm doing. Well, and I just want to highlight that you not only like to have variety in your life, you're like one of the most like variety-driven people I have ever met. You may or may not have um, had a career being a firefighter recently. I did. And you like to get up at insane hours of day and meet people. I mean, your plethora of day-in-day-out life experience is fascinating. And I don't know how many of your clients actually maybe think to be like, so Mark, what do you like to do? What's your yeah. world look like? It doesn't come up very often, but you're right. No, I did have a, a short stint as a firefighter. Um, it came up after a long talk with my family and something I wanted to do. First responding was something that was kind of in my mind for the past few years. And I did. I went through all the training, went through the academy, got hired on with a local fire department and loved it. It just, the schedule of it just wasn't conducive with family life. Yeah. So I had to pull away from it. Uh, amidst that, I'm also a personal trainer. So I've trained a couple of men's hike groups for some of the churches around here and a couple other people I do some consult work with. And uh, I do, I like to mix things up a lot. I, though I crave routine, like some people do, I thrive in the, the variety of it. So I won't say chaos because I'm planning it out pretty well. Yeah. But if something comes up last minute, yeah, I'll be the first person to volunteer to that 3 a.m. You know, ride to the airport. Ugh. Or if you need furniture moved at 11 o'clock at night, let's go ahead and get you out of that house and clean up afterwards. Oh, you know? my gosh. Well, I think that's so fascinating. But where did you get that overall concept of lifestyle design? Because I think of what you do, you... You know, if you were to create the way you go about your life into an equation, mm. how would you say you prioritize things? Because I think, you know, you, you okay. don't just wing things. It's usually mm-hmm. pretty calculated. What's been, you know, how did you establish? Well, I've always wanted to be a firefighter. This <laughs> has been important. What are the logic factors and variables? Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for it. Like, how do you address and assess um, risk taking in your life? Okay. Well, risk-taking is something that a lot of people don't really manage well if they're impulsive. And though I can't be spontaneous, I am in my head a lot. So I think things through uh, to the nth degree sometimes. And uh, massage and body work has been one of the few things that can help draw my mind in. Mm -hmm. So that kind of helps tone it down a little bit. But when I'm not working with people and clients, then my mind's racing. And I'm planning the next Spartan race or trying to start uh, start up a new business or you know planning a menu for new services, uh, trying to find volunteer opportunities. It's just something that I just don't ever want to stop. I don't do well with idle time. And uh, if I were to put an equation to it, that's a really good question. Um, I'd say uh, one part work to every three parts of life. 
And if you can find an overlap that where your work becomes more of a pain passion, mm. then that one part becomes more of a half part. And the rest of it is just fulfilling. Mm. And then you're not weighed down by it. And if you divide all of that by the 24 hours we're allowed in the day, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> then you have it pieced up and you can kind of manage the smaller pieces. Mm. But if you want to raise that to the nth degree and put it on hyperdrive, then that's kind of where I'm living at right now because I do. I stay busy. I regularly go on about four to five hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And it's not something I would wish on anybody because I know people need their sleep. Yeah. I promote sleep, hands down. I just get uncomfortable being still. So <laughs> You're like, I'm tired of sleeping. I want to move. That's right. It, it's really kind of what it comes to. And it's like, all right, I've been still for five and a half hours. This is getting boring. Let's go. Oh, my God. <laughs> so great. Um, yeah. Well, and some people are like more because would you say you're someone that, you know, you do add a level of self-care into your weekly routine? Are you mindful? Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, hygiene, like I mentioned before, the hand washing becomes yeah. ritualistic. Yeah. Uh, it's something where you can wash away the cares of the world, uh, whatever you might have picked up. Um, the, uh, I'm sorry, can you reword the question? One well, more just time? considering like you, the sleep pattern, mm-hmm. it's like, would you say that the five, five and a half hours mm-hmm. that serves your do you feel rested in the capacity that you need? I do. And it's one of those things where uh, if you go into the science, an object in motion stays in motion unless an outside force acts upon it. Yeah. Well, there's not enough in these days to slow me down. And sleep isn't one of the things that, that does it for me. So if I can redirect my energy to helping people, then I have boundless energy. Mm. And that's what my driving you know, force in my life is. So fascinating. Tur- turtle extraordinaire. <laughs> I mean, firefighter, massage, like intuitive guru. Mark, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking time to share in this Ruby Hour session. This is truly what this podcast is all about, is interviewing fascinating people and what works in your life and what doesn't, what you've learned along the way. Um, I really appreciate your time and the, the role you play in my life personally. And um, for our listeners and our viewers, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode or if you have any further questions for Mark, please don't hesitate to like, subscribe, comment. Um, And other than that, I hope that you live a day filled with passion and maybe make some stories worth telling. Cheers.